Korangi, ko papa, kaputa koronga, ko tane mahuta, ko tangaroa, ko homie tiki tiki, ko tumatanga, ko tafiri matia, tukunatirangi te koronga, ko papa keraro, kaputa te ira tangata, kite faiao, kite amarama, irongo, fake iria ake keronga, huye, saiki, kiora. Kia ora everybody, welcome back to the Back to Kura podcast, you've got Ashley and Shiloh here and we are in for episode three. I can't believe it's already been three weeks at Takiuta, if you're um, just catching up on the business and the co-papa of our podcast, uh, myself and Shiloh decided to take a break from our careers to uh, undergo a year of study, full immersion te reo Māori e te wānanga Takiuta and we are three weeks in, it's been a ride. Um, <laughs> it feels been, like it's been longer than three weeks Definitely And uh, we're just, again, happy to be here And happy to be sharing our kaupapa And what our journeys have been like so far um, yeah. Kia ora, Shalo. Kia ora, Ashley I think also, too, the intention of our, our podcast Our kaupapa was just to have people follow us on this journey But it's become a lot bigger than what we initially thought it would be And we've had so many people reach out to us and tell us that they're wanting to enrol in Takiura next year or that they're on that reclamation journey of Te Reo Māori as well. And I think that's just been really inspiring for us as well to see so many of you on the same waka. Yeah, I was having a corridor with one of my friends recently um, and she was saying that only 17% of Māori people know how to speak Te Reo Māori. So that means that 83% of us um, probably know a little bit less about tikanga and all of that and everything that comes with it. So I guess from the messages and the commotion that we've created, it goes to show that there's a lot of people out there that are in a similar position to us. Mm, 17%, um, but in the future it's going to be a lot more. And I mean, even being at Takeura every day and seeing all the other Māori who are there showing up, um, learning tikanga, learning waiata, learning kupu that we should have learnt or that we should have already known. That is our birthright. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's a beautiful thing that we're all on this journey together. Yeah, and from what I've heard, which we've also had conversations about, Takiura next year already has a waiting list. Mm. So it just goes to show that there are so many Māori out there, um, and, and not just Māori, that are looking to learn, reclaim, take back what is rightfully theirs. So we're very excited to be um, in our own journeys doing that, but also being able to share those journeys with you. And we really appreciate all the messages that are coming through. And we're really excited for anybody that goes back and does that reclaiming journey, whether that's at Takiura, whether that's at, uh, I know there's a few other uh, full immersion, Te Reo Māori Kura around Tamakim Koto. So it's just exciting and it's ex an exciting place to be. And, I think we realised um, over the first two episodes that it's a very vulnerable place to be, to be mm -hmm. sharing our, our journeys and to be talking truthfully about how we feel mm -hmm. at, 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 along the way. Um, but we're up for the challenge, the whittle. And um, yeah, I guess <laughs> every week and every episode you're going to get the truth and how we actually feel and you know it's going to be a it's going to be a cool journey to to follow yeah which 
speaking on being vulnerable, I didn't, I mean, last podcast, I felt like I was super vulnerable and I really shared truthfully how I was feeling, right? Well, we both did. Um, and when you put yourself in that vulnerable position, it can be kind of awkward because I did say explicitly that I, you know, had to leave the class and go to the bathroom and have a, a tangy. And now I'm like paranoid that when I come back from the bathroom, everyone's like... <laughs> Everyone's like looking at me like, oh, is she crying again? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was actually going to the whatifaku. But I mean, yeah, it is putting ourselves out there and sharing with you all the honest truth of, of what, what it is like to reclaim the language and, and how last time I shared it, it was like rumaki, drowning. Um, so we're going to continue to share the highs and the lows of this journey. Yeah, and, and it's cool. And uh, another uh, point that we need to make is over the first two episodes um, – uh, organization out there, a Maori health organization, listened to, I think it was the first episode, and they came on and totalked with the podcast, which meant that myself and Shiloh, our fees were taken care of, which is huge. And also, not only ours, but one of our classmates' fees. So that was really special. Shout outs to Hapai Te Hauora for, um, yeah, supporting the journey and supporting us and supporting the podcast and supporting others on the similar journey. Which is amazing because the the doing this, you know, doing full immersion is so draining that we have to do mahi as well on the side, right, to pay for this. And so for hapai te haora to pay for our fees is just like, a, like it's, it feels like a burden. It's sort of been taken off our shoulders. But I think for me, the amazing thing was being able to call my classmate, Antoinette. And Antoinette is the wahine that I stood next to on the first day at the Poor Fitty. We were both crying and having a tangi. She's the one that le- left her life in Australia to come over here, um, was, li- is, was living in a hostel, isn't at the moment. And so I was able to call her and say, hey, um, hapai te haora are paying for your fees. And she was speechless. And so that also has taken a weight off her shoulders as well, as well as us. So we are so grateful for that. That is what you call, and I'm going to coin this phrase, <laughs> a goosebumps moment. And I think that, I think that we could bring that kupu... <laughs> Um, throughout the podcast because there's so many goosebumps moments, but it was amazing to be able to pay someone else's fees, not only our own through the kopapa of this. So, um, and also to actually look back when we first started to uh, even conceptualize or have an idea around creating a podcast together, you were very aware and, and firm on the fact that we shouldn't, as Māori, have to pay to reclaim what is rightfully ours. Right, mm. we shouldn't have to be spending money to learn our language and our culture. So, if anything, Harpai um, to Hawater jumping on board is just backing that cope up with that. Hopefully, in the next five, ten years, Maori didn't have to pay for this service. Mm, it's free for us. Mm. It's free for our people because it's <laughs> it's good. It's good for us. Yeah, no, definitely. Totoka that. So, week three. Actually, this will be week two that we're talking about, yes, right? Yes, week two. Mm, so week two. Uh, probably the kopapa that was the biggest in week two was the mihi and the karakia, mm. which we mentioned in episode two. Uh, myself and Shiloh, we had to um, do a karakia and the mihi in front of our classmates. And traditionally or normally that would have been um, in front of the whole of the rumakireo, in front of 100 people in the big room that we all get together in every morning. But Zoom hit. 
Zoom hit. Lockdown. Lockdown hit. And we had to do it on Zoom, which is a whole other story in itself. Which which I just want to take it back to the mihi and It's so daunting. Um, you're like hundred and something people are looking at you, right, while you are doing the karakia or saying the mihi. And I guess for the tane, the mihi to me is a bit more intimidating because you're literally saying, speaking from your heart. Whereas a karakia, it's sort of memorised. But it's, it's a daunting experience and I feel like all, well, a lot of us as Māori know what it's like when we're asked to do the karakia, can you do the karakia, can you do the mihi? And then now for myself and Ashley, it was the first time that we were actually standing up and doing it. But as Ashley said, lockdown hit. So we did it on Zoom, which was kind of a blessing. Yeah, it was a little bit of a blessing, to be honest. I mean, looking back, I'm now like, when I, when I was doing it, I was like, yeah, I got this. I sussed it. And then coming back to class physically and seeing other people do mihi, I'm like, yeah, lucky I was on Zoom. <laughs> but um, nah, seriously, uh, you know, those are the, the tanifa that you mm. think that you speak of when you go, oh, fuck a mile, especially for Tane with the mihi. Those are massive, right? It's a big moment. So to be able to do that in front of just even our class, even on Zoom, was it felt really cool. To so be what able was to your experience it. like, Ashley, in, in, prepara- in preparing for the mihi and actually doing it? I hadn't done a mihi before, like a proper mihi. So I had no real – I had an understanding of it, but I didn't know the kupu that I needed to use, I didn't know the structure, uh, I didn't know the tika way to do a mihi. So I actually caught up with one of my bros over the weekend and he ran me through like a real basic mihi that he sent to his friends. Um, and we talked about it, we talked about what it meant, um, the translation in Pākehā. I kind of just practiced that over the weekend. Practice, 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 practice. Kind of memorised it. But this time I memorised it in a way that I knew what I was saying at the same time. Because when you do a mihi, you don't just speak. You move, right? When you mention the atua, which is the gods, you point to them. But when you talk about the whenua, which is the land, you point to the land. So for me, it was really nice to, one, do the mihi. felt really good. But two, to kind of feel like I had an understanding of what I was saying. Mm. Like when I said... um, and I looked at you, or I, you know, I did a bit of a laugh because I was like, yo, I'm saying thank you, Shiloh, for doing the karakia. So I was just like, yo, it was like a really cool feeling to do that, to complete it, and to do it in the right way. I think that's so beautiful. And I think about um, why Takiura is so beautiful is that every day we do start with this, right? Every day we do the karakia and the mihi, and it brings sort of that spiritual. Um, awareness of the wairua that we need in order to learn to do a Māori, right? It's not like a university where you just go in and like like learn like science or maths. Like you need that karakia, you need the mihi. Exactly. And the waiata, like this spiritual power. And like when we go into those meetings, that like so we all come together as Rumaki do, it was about 130 people plus our teachers. We The first thing that we do is we do a waiata. And then straight away, the wahine comes in with the karakia. We're all standing. We've mm. just finished the waiata. And then you just hear someone pipe up from out the back, out front. And you're like, oh. Goosebump moment. Goosebump moment. You're like, oh. And like even today's one, um, uh, a student by the name of Nina did it. Small wahine, like very quiet. But man, just mm. came in and nailed it. 
It's amazing because you could ha- be having a hard morning, rushing to Kura, I don't know, woke up grumpy or whatever, and then you come into the room and it's like suddenly it's all gone, right? Or the rarurari that you brought in is gone because the waiata, the karakia, the mihi has just brought you into like a new spiritual realm. Yeah. You're in a kaupapa Māori space, te ao Māori, and it's such a good feeling. In saying that, I do need to bring up our whānau hui. Every Monday at Kura, so there are four classes, right? There's Rumaki Reo. Um, I think it might be Rau Tahi. I'm pretty sure. Tahi Rau, Tahi Rau, Rua Rau, and Toru Rau. And those are the four classes. And every Monday in our middle block, all of the classes come together and we have what is called a whānau hui. And essentially what the whānau hui is is we all get a chance to have a say or do a mihi. Each class gets to do a mihi. And that, far out, that was something else. To hear all the tāne do a mihi from all the other classes who have a lot more knowledge and a lot more uh, kupu and a lot more mātauranga of te reo Māori to see, to, to remember how I did my, my mihi and to see my fellow students get up and do the same thing but the way that they do it and a lot longer it made me quickly realize how much i still don't know mm. which is a good thing but it was definitely daunting and just to clarify um that means second and third year yeah um students who are training to be kayako yeah training kayako. to be teachers so they've already done the rumakire or the year full immersion and so they're really knowledgeable, they know the kupu, like, they know the words, like Ashley was saying. Um, so that was daunting for you because w- the Tani are going to have to do that in our class mm. very soon. Mm. And what I, I think that was, like, I was intently listening to try and hear kupu or string together the sentences that they were saying because they were directed sometimes at Rumaki Reo. So that was talking to us as students and our crew. And our, and our group, but the mental capacity that it takes to really intently listen to something that you don't necessarily understand, I finished that whānau hui and I was shot. Like, I was gone. We had the, the third period at Kura and I just, I couldn't even comprehend the mahi that we were doing, you know. That was definitely the hardest day for me in Kura so far. Do you think for you it was harder because you are a Tane and you're going to have to do that very soon? Because for me as a wahine watching that, I mean, I mean, yeah, I got a bit tired because I was like, oh, I don't know what they're saying, but I didn't feel as drained mm. maybe as you because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have to do that. I think yes. And I think what I've been told is that when you are, well, there is a whaikōrero and potentially you're going to get up, you have to listen to what the others have said so that you can either back up what they say, like, I told what you said, bro, that was mean as, uh, what you said about Rumakireo, that was awesome, you know? So, yes, yeah, like, there's a lot more pressure for me to understand what is going on, what is being said, because one day, I'm going to have to get out there in front of everybody and, and not <laughs> make a fool soon. of One day soon, and not make a fool of myself, in like right? like, a couple of weeks. But in saying that, you're getting yours too. You know the what, karakia. the what? Like, well, the karakia... But then there's also the karanga, which yes, is I the wahine um, doing the call to welcome people onto the marae, right? And that's probably 
The most terrifying the thing. The most terrifying thing for wahine, right? Mm, I've spoken to other wahine as well at, at Kura and same terrifying feeling. Even just thinking about it is scary um, because it's just something that we've never done before. Right? We've only ever observed, but for us to actually do it, yeah, it's scary. Mm, and I think what's cool about that is that after this first term, the second term is um, titled Marae. And in one of those weeks or two weeks, I don't know how long it is, we actually separate as tāne and wahine, wahine, and the tāne go with a tāne kayako, and we learn the proper etiquette and the tikanga around whaikōrero or the mihi, and the wahine go with whaiaka, and you learn about the karanga. And the tikanga around that and the stories and how you do it. So I feel like that's going to be a really cool session along our journey. A learning experience. A learning too. experience from people that have done it. Yeah, and to emphasize also, um, Papa Tafiri has emphasized that Wahini have their role and Tani have their role. And we were told by our, by our Kayako that Papa Tafiri was challenged last year about Tani being able to stand up and fight Korero, but Wahine not being able to. And Papa Tafiri said, what happens on your marae happens on your marae. But here at Takuyota, he stands by the traditional roles and traditional mm. tikanga that he has sort of been brought up to know. And so he's really, I guess, um, strong on those roles. And I guess as we continue along the journey, we're going to know more about those roles and what that entails. Which is interesting because there's been a bit of news in the media recently about um, certain people uh, talking about why wahine can't speak or stand on the pipeline. I think I'm more of a traditionalist. I think I'm more um, sit on the side of Papa Tafiri where that's how our people used to do it. But then there's instances like, for example, they were saying that up north where wahine have stood on the pipeline and they've done a mihi. So, I mean, keiakwe, keiakwe, up to you. And every morning, Papa Tafiri speaks to us. And every morning when he speaks to us, a fire car always stops him and, like, <laughs> and corrects him or interrupts him. And so you know that behind Papa Tafiri is a strong wahine, and that's Aye. fire car. And when she walks around the kura, she carries that mana with her, and it's so strong. She's mana wahine. Hi, hi. I wish I could give you a little bit more context because they come up a lot, uh, Papa Tafiri and Fire Car in our podcast because in a, uh, I, I guess, a Pākehā educational system, there are principles. Mm. So they've had, oh man, I think it's like 40 plus years in teaching. Te Reo Māori, I think um, Papa Tafiri was a principal down at a school in Tuhoi, if I remember correctly. But um, hopefully... Throughout this year, in one of our podcasts, we can get Papa Tafiri or Fire Car on because y'all need a hair. We definitely will. Y'all need a hair. <laughs> we will. So I feel like it was quite an interesting experience. We were at Kura for one week and then suddenly the next week we're like in lockdown on Zoom. And actually that was the experience for a lot of the students last year at Takuyota. Um, but how did you find that for yourself, Ashley? I thought it was surprisingly productive like when i got the alert that we were going into lockdown i was like oh sucks because i was really enjoying going to kura mm -hmm. and it's the first time that a lockdown's really affected me 
and be like, ah, I want to go to Kura. But in saying that, I didn't find it as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Our Kyle course split us off into breakout rooms so we could do activities in a smaller group. In terms of the situation that we were dealt or the hand that we were dealt, yeah, I thought it was pretty, pretty damn good. What about yourself? I actually really liked Zoom. Um, I felt like as an introvert, it was nice to be alone because I feel like when you're at Kura and you're surrounded by people all the time, you don't get alone time at all. That can be kind of draining on the energy, if I'm being completely honest. So I, I actually really enjoyed Zoom. And it was funny at the end when um, Tyler May was asking us, oh, how did you like it? And a lot of people were struggling, but I was like, oh, no, I really actually enjoyed it. Um, and it was really productive as well. And it was nice to be able to like do the lessons and then shut the computer and then just go and like have your own time. Yeah, I think um, one of those breaks that we had in between our classes, I went out for a run or, you know, got some sun and, and soaked that up. So it was quite nice to be at home. But there's nothing better than, for me anyways, hanging out with people. The the, the downside of um, being at home but alone is that you can't practice yeah. the kupu and the sentences and the sentence structures that you have learnt that day with your classmates. And I found that we went out for a walk with um, Matsua Jack and Alex today and we went out for a walk and just to be able to recorded all the sentences that we had learned at Kura that day with the two bros actually really helped me to understand it conversationally. You can be in class and learn the learn the sentences and stuff and then you're like, sweet, I've learned it. But you still need to use it in mm. the context of where you're in, you know. There's different contexts for at home, different contexts for at Kura, when you're going out, whatever that might be. Yeah, you're right. And I think for me, you know, like I feel like I'm, I'm contradi- contradicting what I just said, but it is the people that have given me the strength to be able to continue the journey. And I kind of shared before at the beginning, but being vulnerable can, like on this podcast and in an article that I wrote for Newsroom, I wrote about the struggles of, of this journey. And when I did write that, or when I do share it, I felt like last week I was the only one that was going through that because when I was looking around at the class, everyone had a big smiles on their face and they're laughing and I'm like, wow, like, it's really just me. <laughs> like, And so I wasn't feeling that good about myself, you know. And what was cool was I, when I got back to Kura, I was told by Barbara. And Barbara is the 69-year-old Kuya who has a dream of speaking te reo Māori at her 70th next year. Beautiful, beautiful wahine and such a great example that it's never too late to reclaim our culture and our language. And she said to me that she was ready to give up because she felt like everyone else was getting it except her. And when she had heard my corridor or read the article, she realised that she wasn't alone. Mm. And someone else said that to me as well. And so I think that power of vulnerability and sharing our, our feelings with each other brings us closer together. And we realise that, oh, we're not alone. Oh, like me too. Oh, I, oh, so you're finding it hard as well. Me too. You know, so I think that was really, really beautiful and, and I was able to connect myself and Barbara together and Barbara said that she's not going to quit like she originally had that, that thought but she's going to keep going because she knows that, you know, she's having it and she's inspiring us and it keeps me motivated to keep going because I know that me showing up 
is inspiring her. You know, it's that sort of whānau feel. It's like mm. what Papa Tafiri said is that, you know, we're whānau and no one gets left behind. Mm. Mm. I don't know if everyone knows that story, right? So when I heard it, I was like, sharks. We nearly lost one of our, mm. our whānau, you know, which, were, which would have been really sad. Would have been really sad to turn up and to get a note or um, a, a pānui from Talame saying, oh, Barbara had to pull out. That would have been so sad. And, and that's quite the reality, though. Poor Takiura, um, there, there is a number of people that end up dropping out throughout the year, you know, mm. which is a sad reality of, of how hard it is. So that's why we need to stick together. Yeah. And, like, in terms of our class, shout out to Tyler May, <laughs> to all of our classmates. I, th- I just think it's so cool that we all... Different ages, different backgrounds. Um, we've got like eighteen year old, and then we've got Barbara, sixty nine year old, and like I don't know. They, they, I feel like their ego gets left at the door, and we're all sort of the same when we're in the classroom setting, mm. eh? And it's just cool to see how closer we're getting. It's only week two, end of week two, week three, and we're beginning to be like whānau. And when someone is sick, we're not able to come in. We make sure we zoom them in. Mm. Make sure that they don't miss out. We have our group chats. People are bringing Kai. <laughs> you know, there was no really any mention of it. You have to bring Kai, but you know, bringing Kai is somewhat, somewhat. Of, oh, I don't know what it is, but it's just a nice gesture. It's a it's a Maori. it's a Maori way. It's yeah. a Maori way. It's it is a Maori way. So it's just awesome to be surrounded by that that kopapa and that sense of fanongatanga and relationships and as you said, getting closer. And it's only been week three. Imagine mm. midway through the year, sharks. We're just gonna have to go get a beer. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, One thing that we have coming up, actually, we've started it this week, is Kaure Te Korero Pakia. Oh, yes. So, yes. what that means is that we're not allowed to speak English on the premises of Takayota, starting from. Now it's pretty much started already, and that is hard. That is hard. That was very hard. And the same day that we had Fano Hui, which I said was my hardest <laughs> day, was the same day that we started Kowa e Korero Pākehā. Definitely a big shock, because it's not only that we're not allowed to speak Pākehā, but our kaiako stopped speaking Pākehā as well. So when we're saying, or when she's saying things like, to tell us what to do in an activity or any mahi that we've got to do, it's called it all Māori. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I don't even know what you're asking me to do. And it's such a humbling and like hard situation to be in. That was a big slap in the face of like, yo, this is, what, this is it. This is what you've got yourself into. This is the definition of rumaki, immersion, rumaki. drowning. Yeah. But we also learned that rumaki means planting seeds. Mm. So we are planting seeds as well. And we're planting seeds in you to listen to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I do want to say is that we had planned to uh, get somebody on as a guest in this episode of our podcast. It didn't happen, but we do want to do one a week. So we decided that we'd talk about um, the mihi and the karakia. But I'd hope and I'd like to say that probably the next episode we will have someone on to call it all with about their yeah, journey. Yeah, definitely, because we've met so many people along the oh, way that have right. got incredible stories, um, people who are in their second year um, that were able to kind of give us the experiences of what it was like for them in full immersion. 
So we're really excited to share the, the kōrero with you all. There is a quote, though, that I want to share that Tyler May, our teacher, our kayako, shared with us that I just want to share with you all because it is beautiful. So it's from TK Whangatawa, hmm. and in Te Reo Māori, it's ko te reo hapa e taia te whakatika, ko te reo mu e kore e taia, which means no reo cannot be fixed. So basically what it means is you can fix a language that is wrong, but you can't fix a language unsaid. Mm. So kōrero Māori, kōrero Māori, kōrero Māori. Leave that, leave that whakamā, leave that tanifa of anxiety and whakamā behind and just keep speaking te reo Māori. And that's the inspiration that I feel like everyone should be doing, not just us at Takuura, but everyone. Ashley's face is Just see my funny. face right now, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> That's tika. Mm. That's correct. I love that whakatauaki. And um, yeah, I think we could leave it at that because that's beautiful. Mm. It's beautiful whakatauaki. All right. Kapai. Thank you, everyone. Namahi. Namahi. Kia pai to wiki. Have a good week. Kite pai. Kakite. Kakite. Tefano.